is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLI and Husker Hour. A couple of weekends before the 4th of July. Getting closer to a holiday weekend, and it's it's been hot this week. Hopefully you had uh, enough liquids. You didn't, you didn't get overheated like... One of the dudes in the opposite dugout, our slow pitch team on Thursday. <laughs> That's the worst part. You're, you're playing rec league softball. Like you don't need to get burnt out. Right. Doing so that Father's Day is tomorrow. Yeah. We are exactly ten weeks, seventy days from the first Husker football game. We happy, haven't been counting. Happy Father's Day for the first time for you, by the way, coming up here. Happy Father's Day to the uh, several-ish time for you. <laughs> Several-ish. I forget how old your oldest is. So. Uh, she's nine. Several-ish. Just, yep. just... There's four of them. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like ten. <laughs> That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee is getting us on the Facebook Live. You can always head over to the Facebook page at KLIN Huskers to check us out live and in person with us right there in your living room or on your phone while you go wherever you are this Saturday morning. Uh, exciting show. We've got Michael Brunt's back. Uh, we are going to talk plenty about recruiting, Caleb. Plenty of recruiting news to get into. We've had another camp yesterday, uh, another quarterback to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's a 2024 kid. We, we're, we're already past Richie Torres. We what? Got, we, he's already old news? we got to talk about Dominic Riola's kid now, apparently. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so we'll get, it, we'll get into a plenty of recruiting. Uh, we're we're going to have to get to uh, position previews pretty soon. It's just about position preview season. Here That's right. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to map out the rest of the summer here and and make sure that you guys are ready for the season. Uh, but you know what? Let's just get the dumbest stuff out of the way first and talk about <laughs> which, which tops the list. <laughs> it's always something. It's always something around these parts. You know, I think this week it's gonna have to be completely benign comments from a head coach of a football team <laughs> that led to just media outrage and the best running back in the league completely alienating himself from Nebraska fans. Yeah. <laughs> so Christian McCaffrey, older <laughs> brother of Luke McCaffrey, decided to go all in on Scott Frost after Scott Frost made completely fair and not controversial statement about the, transfers that he was asked a question about yeah, this, at the Big Red Blitz. The summary of his answer is that um, you're going to see a, a lot of players continue to use the transfer portal. And he wasn't saying the transfer portal was good or bad or transferring is good or bad. Um, within the statement, Mitch Sherman, um, if you find him, you can find him on Twitter. He's got the full transcript up there. I know Cole and I have both right. shared that transcript as well. Um, but all Coach Frost says is that there are a lot of kids, and that's exactly what he says, is a lot of kids getting bad advice. There are. There clearly are. If, if, if you are leaving, especially for those that are leaving a scholarship situation and don't find a new home or go to a lesser program and can't find a fit, it would seem like you got some bad advice on what your potential fit was going to be. Now, 
there was an allusion to Luke McCaffrey's situation because he spent less than a week in Louisville. Yeah. He went down there and realized he wasn't going to be the starter, and a couple days later, now he's on his way to Rice. But you would think within all of that, there was bad advice taken that he could go in and win the job and be a Cardinal. So even if it if it stings, and I get it, family's going to stick up for family, your older brothers are going to jump in, but man, when when the argument is, well, Scott Frost transferred... That's a little bit of a different situation. Oh, you don't say. That's Nobody diff- knows that. That's a different situation here, guys. Like he, and at, at no point did Frost say transferring is bad because Nebraska is bringing in transfers by, by the droves. Yeah, um, good transfers to fill key positions. So when I saw all of that happening, I was immediately jumping out there, and there were some people started jumping, uh, jumping back at me, saying, "Well, if uh, you wouldn't be." This uh, you wouldn't be this defensive about it if you didn't think the other side was right. And I go, no, the writing is on the wall on what national media is going to do with this. That's why we're trying to jump on this early because it's going to turn into a poop storm. And it did for a while. But you saw, if you looked at the comments on under both uh, Christian and Max McCaffrey, who is a coach at Northern Colorado mm-hmm. with his dad, if you look at the comments, they're all under there saying, you guys are wrong. Like, do you guys not see how you're you're wrong and these, these are apples and oranges? And he didn't say anything bad about Luke, just said guys are getting bad advice. What what is What is the wrong thing that is being said about Luke McCaffrey and that he got bad advice? The bad advice probably started with, you can come in and be a Power 5 quarterback starting at a program within your first two years. Well, guess what? He did start. He just couldn't hold on to the job because it became clear what his deficiencies were at the position. And now everyone has that tape. Everyone knows what that is. He couldn't go win the job for an ACC school in apparently the week that he was there. So now he's off to Rice. That's where it is. And it was stupid the entire time. Like, the bad advice would be not necessarily that you can't play quarterback in a Power 5 school. but I don't know that he could, but why would you go to Louisville where you have a guy who's an entrenched starter? Right. And who is not actually very bad at it at all like he's the guy there has had pretty good numbers good advice would be that your trip would be from nebraska directly to rice that would have been fine who lost their starter they have to replace their guy right that makes sense and by the way the guy at rice was the oc at stanford when christian mccaffrey played there so there's a familial connection there as well nothing wrong with that and look it would be one thing if scott frost was complaining about the transfer portal and not using it to his advantage, and he was just throwing his hands up in the air saying, well, this isn't fair, this isn't right, college football is going down the drain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain about it and not use it to my advantage. He's using it. Should we, should we look at like the one All-Big Ten player under Scott Frost's first three years as evidence? Connor Culp, <laughs> the kicker from LSU. He was a transfer portal guy. You got Oliver Martin, who's probably going to be a starting wide receiver for you. Travis Vokalek is your backup tight end. Chris Kolarovic is probably going to be one of your inside linebacker starters this season. Like Samari Toure. Samari Toure is going to start for you in the slot at wide receiver, almost certainly. There is plenty of evidence that Scott Frost is using the transfer portal to his advantage. He's not just saying, oh, this is bad and everybody should feel bad about the transfer portal. No. He's saying, look, stuff's crazy right now, and it ain't going to stop being crazy. 
That's all he's saying. And he, yes, he did make a specific reference. If you read the full part of that, he did make specific reference to a kid going somewhere and then quickly going somewhere else, which the only other example of that would be Keyshawn Green, but I'm pretty positive he was talking about Luke. Right. But that's neither here nor there because he wasn't naming him. He wasn't throwing him under the bus by any means. He wishes the best for him. I'm sure of that. But he probably had that best interest in mind when he told him at Nebraska. I, I assume that he probably told him at Nebraska. He's like, look, man, we gave you a shot at QB. You didn't, you didn't really have it. Maybe you should come play somewhere else uh, in, in the offense, and we think you can really help us win. Yeah. And if that's not what he wanted to hear, then he's, you know, that's, that's why he's not at Nebraska anymore. Two other but, quick points on, on his comments. The, the other yeah. parts that were on there were that um, Frost said, it does seem like there are guys, especially if they are leaving a, a big program and then committing immediately to another program, that there would have to be some illegal tampering going right, on. Right. Um, and so that he, he did kind of address that part just briefly, that it does seem like guys know where they're going immediately, so someone would have had to be in contact. Mm. Um, and the other part is the academic side. Frost talked about how it's the academics that suffer if you are constantly on the move between places because not all of your credits transfer. Um, you're, it's a lot harder to graduate. The graduation rates at all of the places you've been are now lower. Um, it's, it's harder for you to get to graduation. So there's, there was an academic side of that conversation as well. Right, right. And look, Scott Frost has said some stuff. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't get us <laughs> he, wrong. He has said he some has, stuff that we're just like, that's dumb and we can't defend that. One of the things I said on Twitter is like, you know how somebody can be a victim of their own success? Like when they start out and do something really, really well, like Bo Pelini, for instance, he had an awesome second season in Nebraska and had the best defense in the country. Well, that became the bar for him, and he was a victim of his own success the rest of the way there. Tim Miles, his second season at Nebraska, he had a Nash, an NCAA tournament trip with an amazing finish to the season and notes at Sunday and all that. Mm -hmm. And that was the bar from then on, and he never quite got back to that. This is kind of the opposite, if you think about it. Like, Scott Frost has said some stuff. The hoodies comment comes up. Uh, there, there have been plenty of stuff where he's, you know, just... It, it, he, he, he has a reputation now for kind of stepping in it when, when he makes public comments. This is not one of those times. Like just because somebody speaks out of turn and and maybe says some stuff that they maybe shouldn't have doesn't mean that every time they speak they're doing that again. And that was the most frustrating thing to me. Like multiple things can be true at the same time. Frost can be saying, "Hey, are a lot of people going to get, you know, this transfer are a lot of people going to get in this transfer portal?" Yeah. Are some kids going to get some bad advice? Yeah. In, 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 in terms of his own career, did he transfer? Yeah, but he transferred to a better situation. And maybe Luke McCaffrey transferred to a better situation for him. Mm -hmm. He wants to play quarterback in college. He certainly transferred to a better situation. Yeah. Nobody's faulting him for that. But the, the, the two schools transferring within a week, that's, that's where I, I think that comes into to play. Like, what are you doing here? And now I think that there are definitely those that do get good advice. Yeah. As well. And yeah. you, you named a number of them that seem like they're going to play key positions for Nebraska here. But I think of a guy like Noah Vedrill. There was right. there there was not a spot for him here. Yeah. And he went out to Rutgers and he's gotten some good run out there. 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you talk about some of the guys that have left Nebraska. Um, Wandale, obviously, that seems like a different situation to just be to be closer to home in, with Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but not all transfers are bad transfers. There can be good advice on where guys go. Um, I, I, I forget the 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 Lincoln. Um, Oh, the Lincoln native tight end who was down at Arizona State and came back oh, up. Oh, Jared Bubach. Jared Bubach. Yeah. There just wasn't space here. Right. So it makes sense to enter the transfer portal and find somewhere else. That is what I would consider good advice. There's just not room for somebody. So in Luke's case, if that's where this all comes down to, good advice for Luke would be change position, find a new home. Right. So he went with find a new home. Mm-hmm. The bad advice was where that initial home was. Like right. it, all of those things can be true at the same time, and none of them are bashing Luke in the least. Right? People want people who want to make this into something are saying, "Oh, Scott Frost is upset because somebody gave it Luke McCaffrey advice to get out of Lincoln." I mean, somebody gave him advice probably that if you want to play quarterback, you got to get out of Lincoln. But that's not that's not what he was talking about. I think that's pretty clearly not what he was talking about. Right. But if you want to make something of this. If you want to make a Scott Frost mountain out of a absolutely benign statement molehill like we spent this whole f- stupid week doing, then there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and look, the McCaffreys there, you know, Christian McCaffrey is obviously extremely good at football. Uh but I thought it was a little bit funny how he was pointing out the Scott Frost thing and then people went right back at him like, "Hey man, you sat out of that. You bowl sat out game. of the bowl game. Hey, man, both of your brothers transfer, and Luke transferred twice in one week. Like he who he who lives in a glass house, and so on and so forth. You know, we're we're all trying to do our best here, and nobody meant anything ill will. And one one guy putting this, you know, just in real time, Mitch Sherman, and he's getting crap for absolutely no reason. No, he didn't. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the last thing before yeah. we wrap up this segment and don't talk about this again. <laughs> Hopefully ever. <laughs> Put a Mitch, chain on it and throw it in the bottom of the ocean. That is one of the things. Uh, there was not an out-of-context thing that Mitch Sherman put out. He he said, he, he summarized it, and that's what you do in the moment. You can't put out uh, however many word transcript in 30 seconds in the moment. You have to go back and listen to it and type it out, especially in a situation like that. Um, anyone who does post-game coverage... Megan hates this because I will play the same 10 seconds over and over and over again right. because you want to get the quote exactly exactly right for your written statement. Now, what Mitch Sherman did is perfectly fine because it goes out on Twitter. This is the summary of what is happening. And the summary of what is happening is Scott Frost, allude, without saying it but alluding to Luke McCaffrey, said that there are a number of kids getting bad advice, and this is the, not the last time you will see situations like this happen. Right. Zero part of that was wrong. Zero part of that was different from the point of the full transcript. Yeah. So as much as we've had disagreements with folks from The Athletic <laughs> over the past year. If you, if you want to find somebody who's, who's putting just dumb stuff into a well-thought-out and edited piece, there are others on The Athletic that you can find. Mitch Sherman has been... Not just one of the best with the athletic, but he is one of the best, in my opinion, covering Nebraska athletics. And absolutely nothing wrong this week. Yeah, no. There, there are definitely other places to to aim your fire if that's something that you want to be upset about in this day and age of of college football media. All right. Yes. Never again shall we speak of this. 
But if you want to hear us talk about it again, there's always podcasts. All right. Uh, coming up, Michael Brunts. We're going to talk to him about the Big Red Blitz. He was out on the road with some of the Husker coaches and media. We'll talk to him where, where he went, what he saw. Um, we will not ask him his opinion about what we just talked about because we are done talking about that. Uh, and then we'll also talk to him about recruiting. Plenty of news. Another commit this week. If you missed who that is, we will catch you up on all of that and more coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning, KLIN Husker Hour. Caleb Henry's over there. Hello. Cole Stukenholtz is right here. Kenny Larrabee is over there behind the computers. You can't see him, but he is magical with what he does with the uh, the Facebook feed. Uh, and also magical with what he does every single day and week for Husker 24-7 is Michael Brunts. Brunts joining us again here on the show. Welcome back, Brunts. How are you this morning? No complaints. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Uh, where were you this week for the Big Red Blitz? I'm pretty sure you were out on the road, right? Where, who did you follow, and, and what did you see? Yeah, I, uh, I, I did the kind of northeastern uh, trek. I, I was up with uh, Mike Austin, Greg Austin in uh, Norfolk, and then uh, Will Bolt and Barrett Rude in West Point. So uh, that, that, was my, that, was, that was my route for the day. Very good. Well, we Caleb and I just ran down all of the non-controversy surrounding Scott Frost's comments. I didn't hear anything controversial come out of any of those guys that you mentioned. But what, uh, what if anything was of interest to you in terms of, you know, Will Bolt? Obviously, baseball's wrapped up, but but a lot of interest around football starting to ramp up as we hit the summer. Uh, what did you catch from from what the guys said? Yeah, I mean, there there wasn't a a ton of new stuff, I guess. I mean, I, I think the, probably the most interesting thing to me, um, as it kind of, you know, pertains big picture for Nebraska, was what Mike Dawson had to say about special teams. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of how they approached it this spring. I think that you know, obviously with the results they've had or haven't had from that, that group the last couple of years, um, you, you needed that fresh set of eyes. And I think what they did this spring was focusing a lot on technique, um, you know, I, I think getting a little bit more organized and, and trying to find guys who you know, not only can do the work and, and coverage and, uh, you know, setting up returns, but also guys that, that frankly are just kind of passionate about it. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest thing with special teams is it, it has to be emphasized from, um, you know, the, the head coach on down. Um, you, I, I think the Brass's players have very much seen the last couple of years how important that part of the game is, given that it has cost them wins. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're, you know, doing okay in that area. We'll see, of course, uh, on Saturdays in the fall if, if they've been successful uh, in doing that. But I, I think, you know, for... The, the one thing too that's kind of working in Nebraska's favor, and, and you know, I talked to Parrot Root about this a little bit too, is you finally have a good amount of depth at the linebacker spots, at the defensive back spots, and, and positions where a lot of those guys end up on special teams. So I, I think that that will help Nebraska. Then it's just kind of a matter, I think, of identifying the personnel who can 
you know, frankly, just kick it through the back of the end zone. I mean, it, it's it's not uh, not rocket science, so they've got to get that figured out too. Now, I, I haven't paid attention to the way a lot of these statewide tours have gone in the past, but just basing it off of pictures, because I didn't get out there this week, but you did. What were the, the crowds like? They looked a little bit more sparse than perhaps what some folks were hoping. They were a little thin. Um, you know, I, with those things, I never really know how much you know, Nebraska really kind of advertises it, pushes it. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I'm trying to think back a few years ago, I I went out to Scott Bluff, Scott Frost was talking out there. I want to say that was before the 2019 season. And they had a pretty decent crowd. I'm pretty sure it was ticketed too. So uh, maybe that kind of affected the, the number of people that they had. But, I mean, it, it's... Uh, Definitely, I think about you know forty people or so uh, in North Fork, probably about that many in, in West Point. But uh, you know, even a, a couple of years ago, uh, on the way back from Scotts Bluff, I swung through and, and saw Ryan Held. And I think it was Frank Verducci um, at, at a just a bar in uh, in Ogallala, and there was <laughs> maybe like fifteen of us in there. I mean, it, it was kind of a, a friends and family crowd, but. Uh, definitely, you know, the, it, it seemed like there was a little bit more sparser crowd. I, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily a huge indictment of kind of, you know, how the people feel about the program. I mean, I think that's maybe a little bit, a little bit of it, but I think sometimes advertising and, and kind of getting the word out and then also just, you know, trying to get people to a high school gym at two in the afternoon on a Wednesday sometimes <laughs> can be kind of challenging. Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7 joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, let's switch gears and talk recruiting because it's kind of ramping up here. You've had, uh, what, three commits in, in a span of 11 days, if, I, if I'm if i doing my math right. you got another guy in the boat this week, Ashton Hayes, three-star running back out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, right now it's it's been a bunch of camps in June. Obviously you came out of the dead period, a lot of official and unofficial visitors what what uh, word would you use to describe the the state of Nebraska recruiting right now? It, it's busy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the, the best way to put it. I mean, you, you've yeah. kind of hit on it a lot there. I mean, they've had a lot of official visitors. Uh, they've hosted a lot of unofficial visitors for guys ahead in, you know, 2023, 2024 classes. The, you know, the big change this year coming out of the COVID year has been the ability for schools to host guys for one hour individual workouts. And, yeah. you know, Nebraska, I think, has had pretty much 15 to 20 guys on campus every Friday this month working out, trying to get an offer. And if we're talking to the coaches this week, they love it. Uh, you know, they, they would love for that to uh, continue um, into the future because it kind of gives them an opportunity to get a real good evaluation on the guy, run him through some things. You know, even see how coachable he is and, and all that other stuff that maybe you would normally get in a normal camp setting. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's been, I, I think, a good change. But, you know, the coach has been busy. At, you know, Nebraska is going to have a smaller class this year. I, I think that's why you're kind of starting to see uh, the commitments pick up a little bit. Like you said, they're sitting at five. I think they're probably going to add a couple more. Uh, this week as well, just because Nebraska is getting to the point with a lot of their top targets where they're saying, you know, we've, we've got, you know, one spot left for a running back. We've got one spot left for you know, a wide receiver. If Nebraska is where you want to be, you, you kind of need to, to get in now. So 
I, I think that's kind of forcing that a little bit. And I think also, too, you know, as, as June kind of moves along, guys are taking visits other places, I think you're seeing guys lock in, um, you know, they're, they're spotted. There are, you'll start to see that more in the next couple of weeks as guys lock in their spots at certain schools. So I, I think it's going to be busy right up to uh, the, the start of the next dead period in July. Is this going to be a, a fallout from the pandemic that other than the last few weeks, you haven't really been able to get guys on campus and, and that the next couple classes will probably be a little smaller, Michael? I think this one will definitely be that way. I think part of that's the pandemic. Um, you know, I think part of it, too, is, is Nebraska, if you look at the way their roster is currently constructed, it's got a lot of really young guys uh, on this team. Um, and, and, you know, they've taken big classes the last three classes. So if you do that, you don't have, you know, guys leaving for the NFL. You don't have a ton of attrition uh, outside the norm, then, you know, you, you do kind of have to take a smaller class at some point. So until the NCAA kind of weighs in with, you know, how you're supposed to handle, the, you know, the, these guys that basically have extra years. I mean, the, the redshirt freshman class and the true freshman class of Nebraska <laughs> is huge since last year. I didn't count. So um, I, I don't think it's going to be beyond um, – this year that you're going to see the smaller class, but certainly the, the numbers crunch, the lack of in-person evaluations and, and kind of all that stuff, I think it's kind of um, factored into a, a little bit smaller class in 2022. God bless the folks who work in the player personnel departments at these power <laughs> five schools. Cause man, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, let's uh, let's touch baseball real quick. Cause I know that we haven't had a chance to talk to you since the end of the season and just looking forward uh, I think the biggest holes that that Will Bolt's going to have to fill uh, those those three outfield spots: Mojo Haggy, Jackson Hallmark, Joe Acker. You assume Hallmark will go, but he has the offer to 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 stay and use an extra year if he really wants to. And as far as the the front line pitching goes, your Friday guy Cade Povich might go pro depending on where he gets drafted. Roach is out of eligibility, and and at the back end of your rotation, not the red rotation, but the back end of your bullpen and Spencer Schwellenbach, he's gone as well in terms of your closer role. Uh, compare and contrast maybe which group would be more difficult to replace uh, in terms of all three of those outfield spots versus your Friday-Saturday starters and your closer. Wh- which one is Will Bolt going to have more trouble filling, even even factoring in who you know is coming into this recruiting class? Yeah, it, it's uh, I would probably lean pitching just because you know, I, I think they kind of have some guys there that they can fill in those roles. I also think that uh, I, I know that Nebraska is going to be active in the transfer portal this mm-hmm. offseason. I mean, they're already, you know, kind of scouring who's in there. They want another weekend arm out of that. They want a middle-of-the-lineup bat. Um, and, you know, the other thing they're going to do, and they kind of did this last week, they, they got a commitment for Jackson Jelkin out of Bellevue West to – had a heck of a spring, uh, was going to go the Juco route. Nebraska saw nothing in him uh, in some of his, his Legion outings this summer to go ahead and offer him. He's going to be there uh, on campus this fall. So I, I think this staff has been always pretty smart in how they've approached the, the turning over of the roster. I mean, you saw that last year with the guys that they had. And pretty much everybody that was out there in a high-leverage situation and at the end of the season was added um, – you know, last season with the exception of Schwellenbach. So, 
Uh, I think you're going to see something similar to that. I think one other thing to probably watch is I could see Jake Buns moving to a starting role uh, rather than, you know, coming out of the bullpen like he was this year. Um, the other guy, you know, I think that's going to be really important is Kyle Perry. Um, you know, he, he was coming off Tommy John, um, you know, through a little bit at the end of the season, but I, I think he's going to have something to say in that, uh, that rotation as well. So, um, kind of add the, the portal guys with some of the freshmen coming in who I think are going to have a shot to contribute right away. I mean, he drew Christo to campus, which I still, I still think is looking okay for Nebraska at this point. Uh, I think he's an automatic weekend guy for you. So they, they've got guys. It's kind of a matter of, of figuring out how they all fit in the picture. Uh, but like I said, I mean, I, I think they are going to be very active this summer and potentially adding transfers and, and figuring out if there's a piece out there that works for them. So that's the future. And But I've got to come back to this season really quickly and look to the past. Spencer Schwellenbach continues to add honors and All-American nods almost daily at this point. And Will Bolt said his exit interview was basically, thanks for everything you've done for the program. Where, even with all of the recency bias that's going to be inevitable, where does Spencer Schwellenbach stack up with all-time Huskers? I think he'll probably be he'll be underappreciated in kind of the, the canon of Nebraska baseball. Um, I, you know, he, he never really had kind of the huge numbers at the plate. Um, obviously, the fact that he only pitched one year, I think, probably will mute that as well. I mean, I, I think he's probably going to be one of those guys that doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves for how good he was. And, and if, you know, he would have another year to pitch, I think, you know, he, he would – you know, kind of be even higher up in people's minds for uh, where he fit in. But, um, you know, I, I think the one thing you can kind of point to with him, and, and we'll see if this holds true, but that kind of group of leaders from this last year, I, I think are going to be really important for kind of setting up the trajectory of Will Bolt's time at Nebraska, whatever that looks like. And I think that Spencer Schwellenbach is, a, is, you know, towards the front of the line of those guys that, really set the tone this season, uh, not just with the on-the-field stuff, but also uh, the, the leadership aspect and, and really kind of helping with buy-in around the program. So I, I, I think he's, you know, I, I've covered Nebraska baseball off and on since 2006, and, um, you know, I, I think he would definitely be in the uh, the top probably five to seven guys that, during that time that, that I've covered. So, um I, I think uh, Nebraska is definitely going to miss him. And, and I think you saw in that Arkansas game uh, just how good and how dominant he could be on the mound. So I'll be curious to see what, what the future holds for him. But he, he was extremely important the last couple of years in getting this uh, this coaching staff's time at Nebraska off the ground. And you obviously can't compare his time in Lincoln with the 19 years of Mojo Haggy. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever uh. Mojo lacks in, um, you know, kind of stats and kind of the explosive type stuff he makes he makes up for in volume so, <laughs> longevity of course part of that original <laughs> part of that uh, la- the last class that john sanders brought in Mojo Maggie. <laughs> uh, michael bruns husker 24 7 great insight and uh contributions as always uh thanks a lot and enjoy your weekend thanks guys take care have a good one right you too that's michael bruns uh with uh good stuff uh that he always brings we look we joke about mojo Haggy, but that outfield is going to be 
I mean, Leighton Banjoff, I think will will slide into one of those spots, but one of the things be tough to one of the things about being guys. being in a position to have those jokes about you've been here forever. Yeah. Like you oh, your your career's been you've been playing since the buck. Like <laughs> all of those jokes are because you have been on the field. Yes. You you have been someone as a consistent contributor, whether that's at a Big Ten level, an All-American level, or you're just a guy who's been a consistent starter, maybe not an everyday starter, you've worked yourself in, um, you mixed around a little bit, that's Mojo Haggy. He has been here, um, so that, that that's a career that I'm also, just as much as watching where Schwellenbach goes, it's sad to see that career in Lincoln end for Mojo Haggy. Not only that, but you so got under the skin of Arkansas Razorback fans that they had to manufacture outrage to try to get at you in the regional they had to say, "Oh no, he he was he was so." When does Arkansas his... play today? Ooh, low blow, man. Uh oh, low blow, man. Wolfpack. They're Were we in... wrong on that? They're in action today. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break. Uh, <laughs> more to come. We've got uh, transfer stuff uh, that we want to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about the Nebraska commit this week as well, and another quarterback to keep your eye on going forward, uh, who was just camping with Nebraska this last week. Uh, we'll have all that and more coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Our thanks to Brunts, frequent guest here on the KLIN Husker Hour. If you missed that, of course, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can hit us up on the Facebook and Twitter pages at KLIN Huskers. Of course, the Facebook Live is going right now. And uh, if you're watching that, you can see Caleb and I talk more about transfer stuff. with I Fun mean, transfer stuff. Yeah. You, you have, look, it's, it's good when you get someone. It's bad when you lose someone. You have to control the narrative, right? And, and I look, we, we talked a little bit about this. We're not going to get into the McCaffrey stuff, but... The way that you have to handle transfers nowadays, and this is across all the sports. You talk, you just heard Brunts talk about how Will Bolt is going to be using the transfer portal to his advantage here uh, this coming season, uh, this coming off season. And we should mention Fred when we talk Hoiberg transfer, obviously does it too. When we talk transfer portal, we're talking different than junior college transfers, right? Junior college different. We're talking four to four, right? Right. Four right. four year school to a four year school. Yep. Yep. And so the way that you are are able to manage this nowadays especially with the the recent NCAA news that you're going to get that one time transfer and immediate eligibility mm-hmm. that is i don't know if it's going to increase transfers because i i i feel like you might just get that one when you when you have when you have guys maybe doing a little bit more research because they know they'll be able to play that next year, and they know they're not going to have to sit out, and so many things can change in that off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like the the way that things have evolved over the last few years. It's really ramped up, but I don't know if this is necessarily going to make it worse, or if it's going to maybe maybe drop the numbers or maybe hold them steady. I, yeah, I'm not sure where that's going to come out, and I, every sport's different too. But um, it's it is it is a fascinating time to follow college sports with all of the different things changing, but the transfer part of it is is I think the the most impactful one because you're you're changing everything about your situation on the depth chart, how you know how how you change the makeup of the team that you're going to like certain sports you can change the entire trajectory of a program with one transfer. Mm-hmm. So 
There is one thing that I don't think ever gets talked about when it comes to the transfer portal. Uh, the big thing that is always talked about is there's this many in the transfer portal and there's only this many spots. Well, it's not just scholarship guys in the transfer portal. Right. Like, if we remember right. that. It is walk-on guys. Not every walk-on guy uh, is going to go find a scholarship somewhere, but they think there's the opportunity to. We talked earlier in this show about uh, Jared Bubach who right. left Arizona State to come back to Nebraska, and then he jumped into the, the portal to see if there was something available. There are a number of other walk-ons that have left Nebraska, left other places, to see if, okay, I walked on, I got some I got some tape, even if it was just on special teams, but I've been working out as a defensive tackle mm-hmm. or a linebacker or a wide receiver, whatever it is. Is there a school, even if it's at the FCS, even if it's at Division Two, that would give me a scholarship to play. I can get these last couple years paid for, this last year play, uh, paid for. It's not all scholarship guys like a Luke McCaffrey mm-hmm. or a Wandale Robinson. It is guys who were not on scholarship and were behind a bunch of other scholarship guys because it works just like the NFL, guys. If the money's going towards someone, that's who's going to get the most reps. If all things are equal... The guy who the school or the program or the franchise is spending money on is going to get those reps because you have to protect your investment at that point. There's a reason that Jacquez Yant is on scholarship now. He earned the investment going forward with what he did through this spring. So now when all things are equal, if if there's a walk-on right there with Yant, he gets those reps because he's now the investment. So the part about the transfer portal, it's not – 1100 or 1500 or whatever that number is scholarship guys looking for somewhere else for a scholarship and I don't know what the numbers are because I don't have access to the portal to see exactly what the breakdown is but there's a good chunk of walk-on guys in there as well looking for somewhere that if they don't find a home well guess what they there's a good chance they weren't seeing the field the next year anyway mm-hmm. they they walked on somewhere to to see if they could make something work it didn't. They tried to find somewhere else, and there's just not a home for them. Like that. That's just part of. There is a line between being able to make it at this level and not make it at this level, um, and sometimes that's just the truth for guys. And the transfer portal is exposing that for for a few more guys. But it is an opportunity to go see if someone else out there wants you now. Yeah. And that's an opportunity you didn't have in the past. You didn't have that ten years ago to put your name in there and start saying, "Hey, I'm I'm open." I'm open for go to going somewhere else. Yeah. So that that to me is a part that's not just under discussed, but not discussed at all is the walk on side of the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, and there's also the other side of it. You could have a scholarship one place and go somewhere else and walk out on. one. Right. You don't have to look far. There's two guys at Nebraska right now who were at Iowa on scholarship and came to Nebraska as walk-ons. Mm-hmm. Oliver Martin, we talked about earlier in the show, and you look at the offensive line, Ezra Miller, same boat. Oliver Martin has earned a scholarship. I don't think Ezra Miller has, but he's potentially in, in the, the two deep mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that O-line for this coming season. So you're, you're looking for a different opportunity. You're looking for a better chance. And it's, it's interesting to look at these, not just from the standpoint of football, but of all three sports. I mean... Scott Frost is is using it, and Fred Hoiberg has used it since his days at Iowa State. He he's maybe the one guy you could you could think of 
if you went back five, six years in college basketball, who, if you walked around and polled other coaches, polled just you know national college basketball fans, Hoiberg's name might have been the first one to come up mm-hmm. in terms of, hey, who's a guy right now who's really utilizing the transfer portal to his advantage? I mean, Nebraska's got him now, and, and you've seen it. And you have someone specifically with, uh, with Lum who came in Right. Who is watching the transfer portal? Yes. So you've got a guy in, Fre- in Fred Hoiberg who has has seen this and used this to his advantage. And Matt Abdelmassi is his recruiter extraordinaire, and he's able to to make these connections with guys out of high school and keep those connections even while they're at other schools, just in case they do hit the portal. And now you've got him, Fred Hoiberg. I mean, looking at the transfer portal and saying, man, this is this is really something that we need a little bit better hold of. Mm-hmm. I've got resources here at Nebraska. And you hire somebody specifically to do nothing but monitor that, essentially, and, and to make sure that you are taking advantage and maxing that out as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because at a place like Nebraska, you need to use all of those resources uh, to, to be able to find an edge somewhere because – you're a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of tradition in a sport like basketball here. So, yeah, it's there. There are a lot of unknowns, but I think Hoiberg is a good example of somebody who's trying to make as many of those unknowns known as possible with just putting more resources and and aiming them right at that transfer portal to try to to try to sift through it better, to try to keep better track of of who's in there and and how you. You know how you might be able to get in there. How many degrees of separation are we from from this guy who's leaving Michigan or, or whatever the, the the situation is? It's so interesting when you look at the three big men's sports for Nebraska: football, basketball, baseball. What that uh, you not just use of the transfer portal, but what that kind of recruiting philosophy looks like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got the ability to be wild, wild west with uh, um, with basketball, yep. with men's basketball, and Fred Hoiberg. You've got what seems to be just kind of wherever you can find talent and hope you can keep guys from then transferring with football. Uh, but they've been utilizing seems the transfer portal well lately uh, to bring in a number of those guys to fill in some of the spots, replace some of what's been lost. And then the will bolt is here's a fence around our state and we'll go pick and choose some guys to, to come in as well. If that's the transfer portal, if it's just some guys, if it's a guy from Canada, like the, the the recruiting strategies between the three and obviously there's different available talent in different places and different pools for each of the sports, but it's just so interesting to see how it can vary wildly between the three main men's sports all at one spot. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's like Scott Frost said, it's not going to slow down. Um, maybe it'll plateau uh, with with the way that the the new rule is going to be, where you'll have that one time transfer with with immediate eligibility. But you could still have guys transfer again if they, you know, if they they have the grad transfer thing available to them at the end of their career, uh, and and yeah, it, look, it's it's just going to keep it's going to keep evolving and keep changing. Um, the uh, the NIL thing is is the other Ooh. aspect of this too because if you're transferring, is that going to become a factor? Like if you're playing the old NCAA video game, is is the NIL uh, opportunity at that school, one of those recruiting pitches that you're going to be rated on, right? Like, so, so that that's that's a really interesting part because if you talk about, and I love to go back to this example with Jarzinka Farms and Matt Jarzinka, the the walk on D lineman, 
um, who happens to be from Loop City, and that's a that's a good reason that I keep going back to it is because I have experience with that family and I've known him since I was little. Yeah. But for Matt, who was a walk on, he gets on as a senior, and that's where you saw him really ex- explode with all of the the news coverage. But let's say he felt like uh, all through his years there was a, a, a Jarzinka Farms were getting sponsored somehow or they were able to sell some stuff, so there was some yeah. monetization. Yeah. But he felt he could go play somewhere. Let's say it was a, a northern Iowa. So it's not that far away. It is a little bit um, lower of a level, but it's just it's just down the road. It's the next state over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have that same connection to sell the Jarzinka Farms hats. You know, right. So things are slightly different. You don't have that exact same opportunity. How much are in that? That's a that's a walk on guy looking for somewhere else. So that's a very very small number we're already talking about. What do those big numbers start to look like when Joe Burrow is transferring out of Ohio State? Mm-hmm. What 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 does it look like when Justin Fields is looking for somewhere to go? Like there there there's some big time dudes. What would it have looked like, Wandale Robinson here versus his opportunity back in his home state? I I I would guess back in his home state they're like we're getting money together. So yeah. what are what are those yeah. what are those sponsorship opportunities whatever those rules end up being what is that all going to be for your opportunity between locations? Yeah. It is a, it is a fascinating discussion oh. and one that will obviously continue and and evolve um and I should say Mark Emmert I think was uh, quoted this week as saying that there might be some sort of temporary guidelines that the NCAA will mandate out if if there's not a consistent policy that the the Board of Governors or whatever mm-hmm. can, can come up with before July 1st when some states actually have laws that start taking effect. Right. He's He understands he's going to have to get in front of this thing finally. He's had no choice. So um, congrats to those states that finally forced the issue and, and pushed mm-hmm. them into the, into the corner here. All right. Uh, we'll tell you about Ashton Hayes a little bit. He's the newest running back commit to Nebraska. Um, we got to get to Richard Torres. Richard Torres, yep. We, we talked a little he's bit about He's not old news, week. all right? No, no, he's not. We'll talk <laughs> about that. A lot of recruiting news uh, and plenty more. Uh, and then some, some Lawrence Stiverin's news, some controversy about what was said and what was meant. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, run, we'll run that down for you. This and I want your College World Series pick. All right, we'll do that too. Okay. Not, not Arkansas, that's my pick. <laughs> Back after this on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. If you were one of those, uh, I don't know, anxious, nervous Husker fans that were getting a little bit a little bit worried that Nebraska only had two commits to the 2022 <laughs> class heading into this month of June as the dead period of recruiting finally ended June 1st. Well, you have probably been pretty excited over the last few weeks because if you go back, it's been uh, pretty heavy. June 4th, or excuse me, June 7th was Chase Androff, tight mm-hmm. end out of Minnesota. He commits. Uh, and then you go back to June 14th, just before... Uh, this just as this week started, Richie Torres committed. I I believe I called that yep. last week's yes, show. Yes, you did. You I did. called my shot. And then uh, you got Ashton Hayes now, Reno, Nevada running back. He committed on Thursday, uh, three star out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, this is this is what you're going to start seeing now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of action. A lot of offers have gone out. If you are on Twitter and follow. Uh, any of the guys at 24-7 or Husker Online, those guys always retweet those. 
plenty of offers are going out, and, and there's going to be guys who are going to be jumping in because Brunt said it. I think I've seen it plenty plenty elsewhere. It's going to be a smaller class for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a, a guy out of North Dakota, I believe, Carson Hegerly, who is not actually working out at receiver because he told he was told telling uh, some of the guys the coaches said that wide receiver room is full, so he was working out exclusively at safety. So if you're you know wide receivers, there's one in this class, and that's apparently going to be it. Maybe they take another tight end, but that might be it because mm-hmm. you know you don't know what what's going to happen with uh, with the other guys that you have now. But there's three incoming true freshman tight ends. So look. That's a lot of saying recruiting is ramping up and there's a, a few running backs and, and quarterbacks that we've got to talk about now. So I want to start with Torres just because yeah, what, what, what you're seeing there is an increase in size mm-hmm. uh, from the first couple of quarterbacks that this coaching staff brought in. Um, you had Harburg six foot five last year. Now you've got Torres who's six, five, six, six. I think he's up to six, six now, um, but he's more of a pro style quarterback who can run instead of the runner who can throw. Right. And you, I, I believe what we've seen in that transition is not that Adrian Martinez can't throw overall. He's just more of a runner that can throw. Luke McCaffrey is a runner who happened to have the ball in his hands and threw the ball downfield. Um, Noah Vedral, still a, a runner who, who could make throws. Mm-hmm. You get to Harburg, and I think he's more of the, the true... He can do both pretty well. Yeah. Now you're to Torres, and it's you're you're bigger bodied, and we've got some huddle cover uh, huddle huddle video going on the Facebook Live. Um, so always big thanks to Huddle for for letting us use that. Um, but he's definitely a passer who can run. Yeah. With with all of the throws that he can make and the size he brings to it and how big his arm is, so change in philosophy at the quarterback position. His, I mean, it's the change of philosophy across all positions on size, but by watching where the recruits have gone at the quarterback position is interesting to see what the coaching staff is doing with the offense. Yeah, no, you're right about it. it's the entire offense, right? Like it's it's been a it's been a concerted effort, and and especially at receiver since you made the change from Troy Walters to Matt Lubick, because the receivers have really changed their profile too, um, or even at the offensive line, like. Henry Lutovsky is just a massive human being, and he's only a true freshman. And Teddy Prohaska, while height-wise, he's similar. He, he's got a long way to go in terms of catching up and weight, but uh, that that is definitely the template. I'm still not con- completely convinced that Lutovsky isn't 40 small children in a bodysuit. I don't understand how him and Prohaska are the same age. Like looking at those guys next to each other, Prohaska like he turns and then he goes away. And Lutovsky is is almost as big as any of the offensive linemen at Nebraska. It's insane. Those the just those two freshman offensive linemen. It's it's pretty interesting. Um so that's that's Richie Torres. Ashton Hayes, the running back who committed uh this week, this was just on Thursday. Uh five eleven, one eighty, he's out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, he's he's also a guy who could play a little bit in the slot as a receiver, mm-hmm. so definitely has the versatility to be able to play both running back, catch the ball out of the backfield, go motion out wide, catch a swing pass, catch a screen, any of those things. It looks like that's that's his skill set. That he, he makes me think of a Darren Sproles, it just just kind okay. of a, a smaller guy out of the backfield, 
Um, but you combine that with how big the offensive line has been go- getting. Can hide those guys. You can, you can hide him back yeah. there and he can squeak out, whether it's, uh, just getting the ball on a pitch, a handoff, whatever. Um, but he can go out and he can catch the ball as well. So he's definitely one of those. <laughs> maybe he's fitting more of the bill of what you wanted to see Luke McCaffrey transition to. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's fitting more of the build of a running back style that Wandale Robinson was trying to be, but he was just built too much to be a wide receiver and an edge guy. So I like I like this commitment. I like this addition for the coaching staff into that running back room. Yep. Yeah. I I, I think he's I think he's a good fit. Now all all five of these guys that Nebraska has are three stars. Mm-hmm. They're not at the top of the board per se. There's some more guys that that Nebraska's trying to get that that would be bigger impacts, I think. Uh but for, so far, I mean these guys I think fit well. In terms of the profile of the player that they want at those positions, uh, you've got guys that that you're chasing down. Like there's a couple in Hayes, Kansas. Mm. Uh, Kanak, I think, is the name of one of them. He's got everybody offering him. Right. Um, but here's the deal with that: is you're talking kind of home run guys versus fit. Fedoni yeah. is both a home run guy and a fit. Right. Right. Um, you, you've got those, but right now you're talking with all the commits in this class being smaller. This smaller class is going to be about fit. And why are Iowa and Wisconsin successful year after year? Because they get fit. Right. They, they why, know what they want. Why was uh, why did the Patriots have a dynasty? It wasn't because of home run guys. Tom Tom Brady is a great guy, but it was all fit. Mm-hmm. Like it was fit that they constantly brought in guys. So that's I think it, it, you have to go in there and get your fit guys and try and get a couple home runs. Right. Yeah. No, you're you're right and. It's an identity, and that's what Nebraska has been trying to to get uh, put together. It's the foundation of the program, and you mentioned Iowa and Wisconsin; those are the those are the two that have it. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska has been trying to firm that up, and I think you're starting to maybe get there here in the fourth year, Scott Frost. This recruiting class uh, just maybe another indication of that. Uh, all right, we're wrapping up the show right after this. Don't go anywhere. K Lion Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Wrapping up this one, uh, we we learned earlier this offseason that Lexi's son is coming back. Lexi's son is coming back. Lawrence's difference, we still don't know, do we? uh, Technically, no. Tyler Hildebrand told a crowd in Shadron that she's coming back. She's not because the official Twitter account came out and said she is coming back to rehab from a back surgery. Rehab. No official decision has yes. been made, so it sounded like a slip of the tongue there for Hildebrand. I do think she's coming back because that's actually what he meant is how I'm interpreting that. College World <laughs> Series begins today. Uh, Stanford, North Carolina State, then Vanderbilt, Arizona tomorrow, Tennessee versus Virginia, Texas versus Mississippi State. Who is your pick to win it all? I'm going to go with Vandy and no! future Royal Kumar Rocker. He's going to fall to Kansas City at 7. Well, if you're taking Vanderbilt, I was going to take the Commodores, but I'll take Tennessee then. Ooh, dueling Tennessee schools. Vanderbilt has the easier road. Okay, well, I was right then. Or I'll be right. I hope NC State beats them. Okay. Go Big Red. (laughs) 